Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery. Code Wondery. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 584. That's too many podcasts. I didn't say you could talk. Get back in your cage. Yes, sir. Oh. All right, Kyle. Come back out. All right. I'll coax you out with treats. Ooh, treats. Uh, which is Ron Perlman. Ooh. It's fucking great. The return. He was great. He was great the first time, and he's fantastic this time. He's always Perlman's bad. just one of those guys that just rolls with whatever, fucking just grabbing life by the he's balls and riding it like cool. a motorcycle. Fucking love that guy. A life cycle. Uh, Book of Life, which is a gorgeous-looking film, comes out Friday, October 17th, and his book, Easy Street, The Hard Way, a memoir, is available now wherever books are sold. I bet there's probably some hard-edged tales in there. There's probably hard-edged tales and a gets, little bit of grabbing life, grabbing life by the balls yeah, and, and twisting like a motorcycle. Yeah, there you go. Uh, this is you nurse- now have life as a motorcycle and balls as a motorcycle. Have I? I want both of these things constructed. So I, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> did I just make both of those things? A, you did. A, you turned both of those into motorcycles, and I love it. I like the idea of like easy rider, just life and balls. So it's in the transitive property. Does that mean we have to make a motorcycle out of balls? Yes. It could just look like balls. Mm, we could just... If you're going to do something, do something. <laughs> I like that attitude. To American Chopper! <laughs> Nerdist Podcast number 584 with Ron Perlman. Now entering Nerdist.com. Yes, of course. Of course. That's hilarious. And uh, you went even more low tech than I thought was even humanly possible. <laughs> this, is, this is all you need for a podcast, it turns Obviously, out. Right. This is it. All right. Let me know when you're ready. Yeah, we're ready. Whichever chair you want is oh, great. Can I sit on your lap? Yeah, of course you should sit on my lap, and I'll cradle you the entire. Oh, that would be. But we won't Good. tell people. We'll can, just... we, can we start with the cosmic blowjob hug? Yes, please. <laughs> you know how much shit I took because of that, man? That was like, that's like a moment that maybe one of the most 
chronicles moments of my entire career. I am very pleased that A, it was Cosmic Blowjob Hug, and B, that I got to be a part of it in some way. You, 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 you inspired it, my friend. <laughs> Have you been? There's no, I've been fantastic. I've been, I've been waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm so good. It's, like, it's not supposed to be like this for Jews. What's oh, Jesus? What's you know, been happening? Jews for Jesus, exactly. Jews for Jesus, what's, exactly right. What's been happening for the uh, for the last? When were you on? Like a year and a half ago? Was it two years ago? God damn it! Time goes so fast now. I don't. Even, I, it, no. You were still at E. Yeah, we were still at the E building. I, I thought we were going there. I said to the driver, "No, no, you're making a horrible mistake." <laughs> and then I came in here, and there was nobody in here, of course. Uh, just the just the dog bed. Yep. And I said, "Yeah, this has got to be it. <laughs> this is the right place." The last time we were in like a super high tech radio broadcasting. Yeah. The facility. last time I was really pissed off because I, you know, admittedly didn't know what the fuck the nerdist was, uh-huh. and so I wore a coat and tie, thinking, <laughs> thinking, "Oh, it's a TV appearance." I see. I thought that was. I wanted just... to wear something slimming. I thought that was just out of respect for the, you know, and for then the. I, and then I said, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to keep this on out of respect. <laughs> but today. But today is a whole other story, my friend. I, by the way, you can say fucking on your show. Yeah, you can say anything you want. We talked about cosmic blowjob hugs. Fucking is not off the table. Yeah, and that, that, that made it into the uh, final. There, well, I don't edit. In fact, that, was, that, that, was, that became the theme. Today, uh, Ron is wearing a Speedo and zinc oxide on his nose. Uh, did you think this was a swimming podcast? I thought I was talking with Mark Spitz. <laughs> oh, my to, God. What a pull. I wanted to. I wanted Olympic to, gold medalist want, Mark from, Spitz. From a few, a few dozen Olympics ago, I think. <laughs> That'll show you how old I am. I remember his name being uh, bandied about. I couldn't pick him out in a lineup, and I know that he was a swimmer, but I, don't, I can't remember anything else about him. I just remember that was a period of time when... Uh, that everyone was, I feel like even more gripped with Olympic fever now. I feel like Olympic fever has waned a little bit in the last couple of Olympics. Well, basically, what we're what we're all longing for, which is what I'm here to talk about. Yeah, let's let's break it down. Is 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 heroes? Mm-hmm. We just there's a there's a there's a um, a dearth of heroes. Did you read my book? I'm here to talk about my fucking book. Let's talk about your book. Okay? My book starts out on page one, oddly enough. That's a strange place to start. And then it goes from there, and it gets peppy. (laughs) And that's about... I really don't have that much to say. The way I started this book, though, um, I was doing Hellboy 2 in Budapest, and I had really nothing to do. (laughs) I was there for seven months. You know, after two weeks, you've seen everything you want to see in both Buda and Pest. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, if you say it correctly, it's Pest. Budapest. And uh, never have I seen a Rudapest, but that's from My Fair Lady. But anyway, um, I'm just going to go like this. And, Do it. You know, no, no, go. Is there, is, you have any canned like laughter that you, you put on this? Do you, you can put, we on can these put that in, in post. Can we put that shit in? Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to need it. Uh, so um, <laughs> hold for the laugh. So anyway, um, where was it? Oh, yeah. So I... I, I um, I think I smoked some like really bad like Hungarian weed, and I said, "I know what I'll do." I'll, I'll, Were you I'll, hungry afterwards? I'll, I was very hungry, very hungry. <laughs> Sorry, I was I was not only in Hungary, I was of Hungary, <laughs> and uh, amongst amidst uh, the hunger, um, I started. I said to myself, uh, "I'm going to write just the names." 
of all of the motherfuckers that were walking the earth in the 50s when I was my first decade on this earth. Okay. And it went for like three pages, single-spaced, just commas and names. No comments or anything. Who were these people? Um, Einstein. Yeah. Dylan, Sinatra, JFK, Castro, uh, the Beatles, uh, Bogart, Cooper, Gable, Spencer Tracy, Catherine Hepburn, Cagney, Bert Lancaster, Kirk Douglas. I'm just Perlman. giving you an example of who was still fucking around then. Yeah. yeah. And, um, uh, and then I go into you know other details about the sports teams. Like I was born in New York City, so you know I, I, I was able to walk in 25 minutes from my house to Yankee Stadium. Oh wow! And that team, I, I saw the whole you know 50s. I think out of the, the the decade of the 50s, they probably won the World Series six times. It was the Mantle team. Um, but you know when you put the uniform on, you didn't think about. It playing for somebody else. There were no sports agents or lawyers making your deals. You were a Yankee, you were a Yankee for life. You know, and unless something really like you stunk out the joint and they traded you away, that's the only reason you would leave. So you're saying people back then did not get $125 million to play baseball? No. They got $125 <laughs> to play baseball <laughs> and loved it. And I, I think they even had, a, you know, Money taken out for their equipment. I think, I think they had to buy their own cleats. <laughs> that sounds right. But, but what I'm saying is, is that there's a dearth of heroes. Because I'm now obsessed with imagining what it must be like if you're my kid and you're just coming out of art school and you want to, you, you've witnessed this life and you, and you say, wow, this guy really, really like, he, he, he fucking, you know, it's a nice life, man. Yeah. To just blessings all over the place and you want to put yourself on a road to achieve that that was the other impulse behind writing the book is 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 to is to take a look at the world that they're coming out into and what they have around them that's going to inform and create a, a, an aesthetic for themselves and who they're going to have to aim for like those guys that I just named to you, those were those were like larger than life. I mean, you know, Bogart was alive when I was trying to figure out, you know, what my walk looked like. <laughs> so was the Duke. So was Errol Flynn. So was Cooper. Well, does that mean that in 50 years someone's going to be like, so the decade that I was born had Bieber, Azalea, Jenner Kardashian? <laughs> You're getting the point, my friend. <laughs> That's fucking so sad. You're getting the point. That's so sad. Is, this is this is basically why the book is very Jewish and very angry, <laughs> and has a lot of uh, of um, of anger and Judaism. In but it. you know what's interesting? Except at, for the Judaism part. At that time, at that time, all those people had. I mean, I think there was there was much more separation between the 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 icons and the public right so people didn't really know what they were really like but now people are so like the wall is a lot thinner between audience and uh you know athlete actor celebrity whatever so i, I don't know i feel like back then 
there were more legends because they I feel like the mythology because people just didn't have so much access to them so they just sort of right. they were larger than life movies were still relatively new at that point television everyone was watching the same three channels yeah there know. were three channels and you know and then probably one or two locals for whatever city you were in so there were five channels altogether there was maybe um a rag that came out once a month that you know had a, like a small showbiz section in it you know um the you know you, we take a shit now and it, it makes the news i mean you know <laughs> you have to like, stop tweeting your shits there's 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 you should see the followers <laughs> that i have are you on shitstagram <laughs> you know what as soon as i get out of here i will be million dollar idea that's a great idea um I have no idea. You just threw me so far off. I'm so sorry. Orb. I'm so sorry. No, I, I, I want to know what you think defines... What, what, why were the heroes different then than now? Because there was a mystique. Because we didn't know so much about them, number one. Because there were only three channels and you know there, weren't, there wasn't the internet. There wasn't 640 channels that you had to fill you know, 24 hours a day. There wasn't... Everybody wanting to be entertainment tonight so that you knew everything about, you know, um, Brad and Clooney and, you know, whoever else, the other, the other eight people that are, that are uh, you know, on, on the cover of 45 magazines a day. Right, right. And the same fucking tired, like, gossipy bullshit stories that, you know, no, it's nobody's business. Back then, it was nobody's business. That, that was basically how people comported themselves, you know. Um, the gangsters were Sinatra and Dean Martin because they had bourbon on stage with them and said ring-a-ding-ding, you know. It was like, <laughs> you know, that, that was basically, oh, my God, these guys are off the fucking wall, man. <laughs> I can't even believe this is allowed. Yeah, exactly. And they're hanging out with the black dude, you know, the, the, the Sammy, you know. I mean, it was like it didn't take much to blow our minds. And it was, um, you know, the more I talk, the more I talk about this theory, the more I realize I'm just fucking flat wrong. <laughs> what? Wait, did you just completely change your theory mid sentence? No, that's my theory. I'm sticking to it. God. Okay, damn. good, good. It's time you ask me some questions. So this book, I'm going down some dark. No, let's talk here. about. Let's talk about. Let's talk about the book. So you wrote all these names. I wrote all these names. Three and pages. I, and, then I, space. and then I said to myself, um, you know, who, who now? And I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't come up with very many names. Can you? Um, well, I guess I already said Bieber and Azalea. Uh, that's it? I guess that's it. I rest my case. Yeah, just those. I can't think of anyone else. <laughs> I don't know what defines a hero now. I mean, maybe you need... Maybe you need... I'm talking about somebody that really, like, is above reproach. Is, like, is like quintessentially... A fucking OG, you know, like a dude. People love Clooney. Yeah, that's that's true. You, People you got love me Clooney, there. and I'm one of them. Yeah, for the very reasons that that you know, I, I kind of applied to, you know, the the 400 that were like <laughs> like him back. He's then. a he he would he I would categorize him as like um, an old school movie star kind of a guy. I would too. Charming, magnetic, seems affable enough. Um, I don't know, but I can't think of many people that I would, you know, that I would throw into that into that box. 
I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, now, of course, there's so many different types of celebrities, you know, now, now there are like technology celebrities too, like the Steve Jobs and Elon Musk's of the world, you know, there's, 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 there are whole other sectors. Everyone's essentially, everyone, everyone, everyone has a shot at being famous because of the fucking, uh, the way the internet works. So it's, it's not, I mean, I would, I would guess it's not as unique anymore to get to that level. Cause you know, you could be a kid in your bedroom and then, you know, like, uh, show a video of, uh, your cat, uh, taking a shit on your keyboard. And then all of a sudden you're in, you're in pop culture all of a sudden. Mm. So I don't know. I don't I sure, I sure don't. Who do you like now? Like, who do you think is really doing a good job these days? I have no heroes, bro. I'm 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 sad to say. I have nobody that rocks my world. I really really uh admire Clooney. Mm-hmm. I think that he's a guy that um has parlayed what he's built for himself the way I would love to think I would too if I if I if I was in his position. I think he's 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 been a beautiful storyteller. Um, what he does in terms of activism um, is shows that his heart is in a beautifully generous place. Um, how he comports himself with regard to you know the balancing act of trying to maintain a, a modicum of class and privacy in a world that is just completely invasive. I mean, have you, you know, you're kind of famous now. I mean, you, you know, n- now people, you know, you're not just a voice anymore. You know, you, you, you're on TV. And so do you get that shit when you go to Beverly Hills and you, you, you walk out of, you, you, par- you park your car and you're fumping for the keys and, and the 18, photographer? 18 fucking TCM, guy, TMC, whatever the TMZ. fuck. TMZ, uh, I, I get are, are taking your picture? I get it a little bit. It's not, it's not so much that it invades my life. And, and there, and but those, who gives a shit that and, you're, you're locking your car? <laughs> why, is that, why is that something we need to... Why is that all of a sudden because it's the guy who's the nerdist? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I mean, I, it's not, I, you know, whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't really bother me because it doesn't get in the way of anything. And, and they're nice to me. And I'm like, hey, guys. And that's it. But when somebody does something truly extraordinary and people, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that extraordinary acts are no longer going on on the <laughs> but face But it's not of the like earth. you're lifting a car off of someone. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, the people who are doing, you know, the unbelievable shit are behind the scenes where they've always been, you know, school teachers and, 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 and guys who, who, who sacrifice themselves for a cause that's greater than them. You know, that, that, this is all still happening. But what we're celebrating in our culture is, to me, seems... Um, Desensitizing. I, agree. I think maybe that's the reason why I couldn't come up with any names or heroes is because I'm just so fucking tired of knowing everything about everybody. Well, I think I think before I can begin to 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 admire somebody on my own, the world is doing it for me. Of course, but I think there's a couple things at play here. Number one, I think in the old in the old days, it was um, these people were more on a 
it was more aspirational. And now I think all this, like, take a picture of a guy while he's fumbling for his keys is more distraction. Like, there's so many media outlets and people are consuming things in so many different ways that they didn't before. There's more real estate to fill and people just want to be distracted by dumb crap all the time. Mm. And secondly, I think, you know, uh, I think 50-year-old Ron is probably harder to... It's harder to blow that guy's mind than ten-year-old Ron. You know what I mean? Because you've seen so much and you've experienced so much. It just—I think it just gets harder and harder to like to blow your mind because you—it's like, well, someone would have to do something really fucking crazy at this point that you've never seen before to really go, holy shit! And I think I think part of it is just in conjunction with everything else that we're saying. I think it's probably just harder to blow your mind now than it, than it used to be. You think also the fact that that. Um the vetting process um, because you really can't get away with anything anymore because everybody knows everything about it. I mean, like when you think back to the, the Kennedy white house, right? <laughs> how long do you think that guy would have been able to stay in office with all that gallivanting? Well, first of all, I, I think, a, a ton of stuff probably would have come out from like the college days that would have prevented. I mean, you know what I mean? Like that. I think there exactly. Would, it's it, exactly. I don't know if I'm it saying. ever would have happened at and all. I mean, you know what? Is, what no fuck does that have to do with you know how he's going to handle the bad pigs? I don't know. I don't know. Or, you know, but it's just the way. It's just. It's just the. It's just social politics now. That's just part of our social. Our social compact. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, I'm going to put some makeup on now. Okay, good. So Ron's applying a light base, and um, hang on, you know, just right under the my chin. chin. How's my it chin? It looks good. It good. You're going to want to contour a little bit. How's more. my other chin? Okay, both chins are fine. You don't have another Wait, chin. You're in good shape. This, what are you this, talking about? Do you exercise regularly? I exercise semi regularly. Yeah. No, I do. I do. I I enjoy uh, I enjoy getting up in the morning and going to the gym first thing. I like the I like to know that I've done something good for myself. And then never have to worry about it the whole rest of the day. And uh, there's that endorphin thing that is kind of sexy. Yeah, it's nice. What do you like to do in the gym? What do you uh, do? You throw do you throw weights around? I just, I just bullshit with the guys. <laughs> Smoke a tube <laughs> on a treadmill. Oh yeah. No, no, no. Next to the treadmill. Next to the treadmill. Just leaning up against the treadmill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then just get super high and be like, yeah. "This elliptical machine's crazy." But I feel as though I'm, I'm. Good shit's happening. Listen, as long as your brain thinks... While I'm in there. As long as you can convince your brain, Mm -hmm. you know, it might actually be as good as exercising. Very little. It takes very little for for me to get a good endorphin rush. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, do you think... I think there would come a point where you would go, hey, there's no heroes to look up to anymore. I'm just going to dress up like Hellboy all the time and go around and help people. Like, you know... um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated. I, maybe it's because uh, you know I'm so much older now than the first time you and I chatted. Um, <laughs> a good two years older, exactly. But but it, it's it's been a tough two years. Okay, yeah, okay. a lot a lot of knocks, <laughs> a lot of reasons for me to look back and 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 go. Oy. <laughs> so the 2015, the 2014 model is a little yeah, more banged up than the 2012. It's it's, it's yeah, it's 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 it's. The, the warranty is long, <laughs> long past, way overdue. But um, I, I, I was on a roll there. I can't remember where I was going with that. You were saying uh, that you were banged up and that uh, you were, uh, 
Were you more cynical now? Did more shit happen? Oh, I, I was talking to you. I said you should just dress up like Hellboy and help people all the time. Yeah. Um, I did do that. You know, I've seen some stuff of that. Yeah. So, the, the, you know, there was this Make-A-Wish thing. And, and so I dressed up as Hellboy. There was no press there and everything. And, and um, um, But a couple of the people who were in the room took personal photos, posted them on their Facebook page. And within a week, it was on 9,000 sites worldwide. It was, it was the only truly viral miracle that I've ever kind of been a part of. Mm-hmm. And basically, the point I'm trying to make is... When you just do something decent these days, when you just do something that should be automatically the right thing, you're so you're fucking anointed <laughs> to, to the point where you you know you just walked on water. Not and, only was that guy not a prick, he actually did something extra nice. Yeah, yeah, because we're so focused on ourselves all the time that when someone's not focused on themselves, it's a fucking miracle. I get, I'm getting back to the point I was trying to make, but I'm fascinated with this Brokaw notion of the greatest generation which he fixated on you know and wrote books about and, and did documentaries about tom brokaw the yeah. great great nbc newsman after he retired he identified this generation this this world war ii generation and the parents of the baby boomers which i am one of yep um as the the, the greatest generation in american life in, in its history and why and although I didn't delve as deeply into, um, because I didn't read the book, but I saw the documentary, so I, I'm sure that there's things in the book that would blow my mind. But I'm I'm kind of fascinated by the notion of self-sacrifice, the notion of dropping everything for, for a cause that's bigger than you, for, you know, uh, becoming um, animated for reasons that could fuck you, could be your undoing, but they were so big and so important and so important and so much larger than your everyday life that there's not even a question about it. And then they, these guys, I've seen a lot of these these veterans who went and, and you know won the world for us and from. 41 to 45 when America was involved in that in that struggle and they're the most selfless people you're ever going to meet they they you, you try to compliment them on their hero, heroism they change the subject man you know they they don't want to be thanked they just they just you know did what they were supposed to do and um so they would not take selfies on the beaches of Normandy is what you're saying. Those selfies on the beaches of Normandy. I don't give a shit if they had the fucking iPhone 6. <laughs> well, I think it's... And, 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 and shitstagram. And shitstagram. They were not See how I got posting pictures of you their shit. You thought that was going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> no. Shitstagram is going to get sold for a lot of money to someone... I can't. I can't wait for the IPO. <laughs> IP. We, uh, you said this IP. Insider trading. What we're doing here? Yeah, this is it. This, we shouldn't be talking so about this be publicly. Taking, as soon as I walk out that door, the FBI. The, I don't want to go to jail for shitstagram. It's not worth is, it. What is? What is? What is that? The, 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 that uh, organization that. What, the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission? Yeah, the Federal mm-hmm. Trade. They're gonna. They're gonna put us both in handcuffs. God, You're coming with us. It wasn't worth it. We were just. We're, okay, we won't go public with it, all right? It's a privately traded company. There you go. 
It's privately owned. We don't it have to go public with it. the right off, doesn't it? But, uh, you know, I think my guess is that what came... Well, the baby boomer generation got the 60s, and they had a, you know... Like, the, the, the world was ostensibly safer than it was, and America was more powerful than it was post-war. And so, you know, we were allowed to be... We had more time. We were allowed to be more selfish. We were allowed to recreate more. We were allowed to do all of that stuff. And it seemed like the idea of being part of a culture sort of slid into the backseat to, hey, I can do whatever feels good to me and fuck everyone else. And that seems to have extended as, you know, now we're in a period of a very extended, like, 25-year-long adolescence, you know, that our ancestors... Our ancestors maybe had like 12 to 17 minutes. <laughs> Ages 12 to 17. Hey, put that away and zip that thing up. Come on, you got to get a job. I'm 12. Don't fucking talk back to me. <laughs> get in that get in that coal shaft. That's right. Go back to work. Then when you're done, you got to punch this wolf to death. We got to have dinner. Man up. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. But anyway, that's that that's that's the other thing that I'm you know maybe that's the kind of heroism that I was uh, trying uh, clumsily to 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 um, to point at, and and maybe that's what gave way to those those that swagger that I miss so much in our leading men, you know. So the book the book takes what I have kind of witnessed culturally and draws a parallel to uh, what I have witnessed economically, which is uh, that when I first threw down and said, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try this life as an actor, every single studio and every single TV station was owned by an individual. Or a group of individuals. Right. Um, and then all of a sudden, Sony bought MGM and GE bought and, 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 and you know, so on and so forth. And it, it began to occur to me that there's no independently owned studios anymore. They're all just a line on a corporate ledger sheet. Um, which means that it doesn't really matter what the fuck they do as long as they're profitable. Sure. Which means that the tail is now wagging the dog, which is a little bit different than when some somebody has formed a movie studio because they just fucking love storytelling. Sure. And they just have a passion for... for um, and don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with with profitability because that's the thing that's going to keep the lights on and that's the thing that's going to keep the guys who have the passion to do this shit keep doing it yeah. allow them to keep doing it so i i'm not i'm not i have nothing against capitalism what i do have a a a, a problem with is watching what happens when you become purely obsessed with profit and Whatever you did last quarter, the only fucking thing that's important right now, this quarter, is topping it. And you'll 
pretty much start doing whatever you have to do right. to do that. Because once you give the, the stockholders that dividend, it's like fucking cocaine. They're going to want more. Sure. They're going to want bigger. Hey, hey, what happened to last quarter? What the fuck did you guys do? Well, and then you start trend chasing. And then when you're trend chasing, then you're, then you're, then you're going downhill. Because you're chasing things that already have peaked, you know, instead of innovating. It's exactly. like there, there's, not enough, there's not enough innovation because in, innovation is riskier than, I, I mean, in their minds. I think it's riskier the opposite way. But, um, you I'm know. with you. But, you know, I, I don't. Uh, but anyway, so... Um, what you see is you see these uh, things trending toward more dehumanizing and desensitizing, and the individual accomplishment is not as cherished as corporate profits are anymore. <laughs> and so we all get swept up in like, hey, we all want to do good. We all want to, you know... Um, own a house, put our kids through school, and blah, blah, blah. So we, we start chasing the carrot. And um, it's just changed. It's just changed. I don't know, you know, from where I sit, it's discomforting um, because I have the compare and contrast thing that is what I try to do with the book and say, this is what it used to look like. This is when human values were... Were, were celebrated and, and meaningful and you know we weren't completely desensitized by the fact that we've been bombarded with 24 hour news cycles and you know 647 channels that are trying to outdo each other for getting our attention so that they'll say anything and do anything and suddenly you know love no longer has value you know self-sacrifice no longer has value it's just a question of like shock like how do you how do you get? How do you grab somebody's attention? Yeah. How do you shock and scare them into giving you their business? So anyway, that's what it is. And then, and then, you, and then you look at you look at the middle class in America, that very generation that I tried to name, the, those guys that came back from war and were given the GI Bill and were able to go buy their first house and were able to learn a trade, and whether it be in manufacturing or you know the automobile industry or all these other incredible American industries that were thriving and vital and booming. They were able to have a bunch of kids and, and raise them and put them through schools. And but was that generation happy? I always feel like when I think about that generation, I think about them kind of being alcoholics who were in denial about, you know, their... Like there's no alcoholics now. No, no, of course. There's tons now. I just mean... You know, it was uh, I, fi- I feel like it was so I tell you what, private. man. You know, just give me the option of having the kind of fucking paycheck. Not, not, I'm not talking about me because I'm, I'm, I'm in another class. I'm talking about the average Joe. Yeah. Just give me the option of having a paycheck where I can pay my rent, not be on food stamps, and put my fucking kids through a decent education. Yeah. And I'll decide whether I'm fucking happy or not. <laughs> you stay out of my fucking business. It's none of your fucking business whether I drink too much, god damn it. Okay, I, I think we need to have a talk, Ron. Hey, listen, let's you and me step outside. <laughs> oh, shit. And then there's a pause. Oh, Ron hit me in the face. 
<laughs> it's a real good. I don't know how this thing spun out like that. It's a good punch. I, I, I can't tell if it was you Ron's or me. Ron's a scrapper. You know, you think he's going left and then he goes right. And then all before you know it, you're on the ground. He's standing over you going, get the fuck up. I'm, 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 I'm dyslexic, bro. I don't even know which hand. <laughs> I don't even know which hand I'm hitting you with. Is there a solution then? Okay, so the, we've laid out the thesis statement and we've laid out the, the problem. So what's the, what's the solution? How do, how do we start to carve back some of those values or even new better ones? Uh, I'm I'm fucked if I know. <laughs> so you're just. I saying- th- that's why I'm, I'm I'm putting all this at your doorstep, Chris, is because I'm figuring you're a smart guy. You're oh. probably way smarter than me. We should be able to figure you out. You should culture? be able to figure this shit out. Let's do this. Come on. <laughs> the the lure- I do I do have the last few chapters in the book are basically uh, me, you know, having a a, a a very personal chat with my kids. And by my kids, I don't mean just my kids, but the the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids I met because of my kids. Okay. Because I was putting them through all these schools, and and then Papa Ron is coming to the campus, and he, you know he's hanging out, and he's buying burgers for everybody, and he's getting involved in people's shit, and he's watching people, you know, coming through art school, and like you know having the same incredible idealism as I had, and I'm you know recognizing all this shit. You know, and it's, it's it's just floating my boat to see, you know, the, to to just pe- put back in touch with that kind of uh, altruism. And hope. And enthusiasm. Yeah. And hope. And and then I start thinking, okay, here's the world we're about to give them. <laughs> and, I, and I go, I can't. I got to say something. I don't even know what I'm going to say. But if if I'm right about just half this shit. That you and I have been sure. bullshitting about, and and that kind of is a reflection of the takeaway from the journey that is the book, because the the you know the, the journey is also it's like it's my it's my I'm using me I'm using you know here's what I did in in the sixties here's what I did in the fifties and sixties seventies eighties nineties two thousands and now now and here's and here's my thing I don't know what the fuck to tell you all I know is it's busted. So don't get caught up in 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 in, in this we are in the, the 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 land of the false deity right now. I mean we are we are so more so than I've ever seen it before. Um it's always existed. You know, people have always like coveted you know uh the grass has always been greener. It's always been like, you know, you look at you look at your neighbor and he's got, you know, he's got you know, he's got a, a, a car that's $20,000 more than yours. You know, it's always, that's always existed. He doesn't fucking deserve that. I work way harder than that piece of shit. Exactly. He inherited a lot of his money. Fuck that guy. Yeah. I go to work every day. <laughs> it's always existed. But now it's, it's become the norm because we're just up in everybody's shit. You know, instead of really focusing on going, you know... Um, and I'm not saying this this doesn't happen. It happens. It's just not the stuff that's being celebrated in our culture. You have to go uh, out of your way. You know, nobody tells good stories. Nobody nobody tells feel good. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Take over here, will you? Nobody tells feel good. I don't fucking know. There are feel good. I, the I, more I talk, the more full of shit I think I am. <laughs> but that that's wisdom. Right there. 
Right there. That's wisdom. When I think when you're younger, you think you know everything, and you start to get older, you go, I don't know anything. Yeah. Uh, here's what I've learned, but uh, I don't I know if so I know much anything. Older than I'm younger than that now. <laughs> but it's it it is important for because uh, you know making those types of choices that you're talking about, making those types of selfless choices, or choosing to be happy, or choosing to appreciate, or choosing to have hope. It's, uh, it's a lot of work. I feel like the, the default setting now is depression. You know, the default setting is down, is down low. People are like, yeah, I don't know. Fuck everything. But I wonder if, I mean, in the 60s, you know, in the, in the late 50s, 60s, when, when rock and roll is exploding on the scene and there's this whole other social movement that's happening and people at the time must have been like, this is the worst time in history. Humans have really gone down the toilet now, you know? Well, the old, the old guard was seeing control slip through their fingers i mean you know the 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 this this whole display you know that the 60s gave way to you know with the the you know uh bell bottoms and tie-dye and long hair and nobody bathing anymore and everybody's fucking everybody else it's like you know it's like just we're gonna just piss on structure we're gonna just take a big huge dump on 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 rules and regulations, um, I mean, I posited that, and I don't know if I'm I'm right or wrong. I'm not a historian. I'm not a sociologist. I'm I'm I'm, I'm not much anything. But it seemed to me like the assassination of John Kennedy was was this tipping point. It was like, um, can we not hold on to? anything anymore you know because this guy was was truly a symbol of the hope of a generation this guy was going to lead us into the next whatever and then boom he's cut out from under us not even finishing his first term and um then suddenly you see this this cultural revolution that is very much um set in rejection it's like a rejection of of that thing that I was pointing to before, mm-hmm. you know, those guys that came home from the war and wanted to just play it straight and have a nice house in the suburbs and raise kids. It was a rejection of everything. It was like a rejection. The reason why I, I point to the Kennedy thing is because it was so much of a rejection. And it, it turned out, after it burnt out, you know, 10 or 12 years after it started, that... You just can't build something on rejection alone. You're going to get some fucking awesome music and some <laughs> and some really good dope, you know. But uh, you got to have something other than rejection. Uh, uh, rejection. You have to have building blocks. Well, I don't think the current model can sustain itself for too long. I don't think. I just don't think people. I don't think a society works when everyone's focused on themselves for too long because eventually. It'll collapse because everyone's looking at their own fucking phones and not enough about how to keep the support structures in place. And then it'll collapse and then people will have to reemerge and work together again and be more selfless again to get everything, you know, back on its feet. I think it's just sort of the the ebb and flow of social politics, I guess. I, I don't know. I mean, sooner or later, I mean, you just... <laughs> It just can't sustain the way that we're going now. Just can't sustain for too long, I wouldn't think. Hmm. So maybe by virtue of just the 
sort of growth and death process that it'll all shake out and go back to the way it was at some point. I don't know. Interesting. It's possible. It is very possible. I mean, you know the the the, the you know the, the whole na- notion of everything is cyclical. Yeah. You know, including like you know uh, these cataclysms that you know maybe we're part of that now with this you know the, this what what's going on with the earth. You know, I mean, I don't know. I'd like to think that it's not global warming and that the oceans aren't going to swallow us all up <laughs> in 20 years. No, I'd the like, planet's I'd like, mad. I'd like to think that it's some more, more, you know, God's kind of like um, plan. Can't it just be an evil genius with a weather ray and then we just do capture him and then, and then dif- dismantle the ray and then it's, everything's fine again? That'd yeah. be a much better... Way better than Shitstagram. Yeah. No, no. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't want you to shitstagram on shitstagram. Shitstagram is an amazing don't idea. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's a good idea, and I promise you it would catch on. There must be. Katie, look up shitstagram as a URL and just see. And if it does not exist, I'm going to park that domain before this podcast posts. There, mu- there must Can be. Can we a- co-own it? We'll co-own it. Yeah. Prominent Hardwick's shitstagram. I've always wanted to co-own something with you, Hardwick. <laughs> this may be our ticket, this, Ronnie. This is it. This I is our ticket back. We have to look no further. <laughs> then shitstagram. What'd you find, Katie? It's, it's looking at... Oh, it's for sale. Oh. But it's like they were like for $1,000. What? I don't know. Nah, 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 nah. I'll get is it. Is that on, bitcoins? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> shitcoins. <laughs> yeah. I bought with shitcoin. Hmm. Anyway, uh, I don't. I didn't mean to be a downer. You're not a downer at all. These are things that are important to you, and you're thinking about them. And it was enough for you to write about it. And that's not a downer. And the at book all. is really funny. There's you're, a lot of really, really funny <laughs> shit. Trust me, man. You're having an existential. I have a funny side. You're having an existential crisis. You. It, it, it's important. Oh, someone owns shitstagram.com. Well, for. Shitstagram.vegas. <laughs> All right, I'm in. Vegas is. Shitstagram. Vegas, Vegas is Shitstagram incarnate. Mm. I don't think there's anything wrong with having this sort of, you know, you're you're dissatisfied and you're doing something about it, which is that you're. I'm not dissatisfied though. I'm 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 thrilled to be alive. Um, I'm I'm celebrating, you know, a life that has gone so far beyond anything i i've always been a big dreamer but this thing went even way beyond anything i dreamt which is like that's that's fucking magnanimity right there and basically what all i'm railing about is like how do we make this happen more frequently how do we how do we save ourselves from from what is it you know are there ways that we lost our ways and if there are, um, how do we get back to simpler, more um, decent, less frou-frou-y, you know, um, way less worshipping of false idols and, and, you know... I don't know. People are just empty in general, I think. They just want to fill it with something. I know I feel that way, you know, some of the time. Where it's like, ah, oh, I just feel empty. I just need to fill it with something. I'll just distract myself. 
You know, I don't know. I don't know what the I don't know what the answer is. I guess it's forcing yourself to step outside yourself and you know, maybe once a week do something even once a month would uh, alarmingly raise the <laughs> the goodwill rate in the world of just going and doing something for someone that that there you, you don't get anything you just, out you of. Just hit the nail on the head, man. I mean, just hit the nail on the head. Is just basically look outside yourself and try to do it, you know, once a day. We're training ourselves. And, and if you train yourself to do it once a day, you can train yourself to do it twice a day, and then you can train yourself to maybe do it once every hour. And then all of a sudden, man, there ain't nothing we can't do. I, I think we're just sort of training ourselves to uh, to just live in our own heads all the time, you know. And and by virtue of doing that, we're we're always chattering to ourselves, and uh, and then and then it makes the cycle worse because it feeds itself, and then you have to distract yourself more to distract yourself from the chatter. But who 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 of us? Certainly not you of us. <laughs> I'm an offender. There's a song coming. What? I fucking hope there's a song coming. Will you please break out in the song? Who of us doesn't want to, you know, at least um, address what it is we were put here to do? And um, is there a way to leave it a little bit better than we found it? Because those things really, really eat at me. Yeah. You know, I just feel as though this thing is too precious to ever sleepwalk your way through it or to ever take anything for granted or to ever um, feel like, ah, no, that's somebody else's job. That's not my job. You know? Well, you are in a position to lead by example. And I know it probably... I feel. I feel like... If, if if I'm going to give a message to anybody in the last two chapters of the book, that's what it is. We all have to start leading by example. We all have to stop plugging into the fucking matrix and start imagining um, something bigger, something um, mind-blowing. And then the minute it's in your mind, because, you know, I mean, I'm pretty sure, you know, most of the people I know who have done well in life are pretty good visualizers. Mm-hmm. They, they, they have great imaginations and they start to imagine um, a reality for themselves. And most of them achieve it. The minute, because the minute you imagine a reality for yourself, my theory is you're 60% there. I would absolutely agree with that because I, I've said this all the time that most people don't even know what it is that they want. And that is a that is a huge source of unhappiness and dissatisfaction when you don't have direction, you don't know what you want. And, and actually figuring out what you want is a pretty big fucking deal. It's a very big deal. Cause very you, big deal. And, and if you can imagine it in detail, at least that gives you – at least gives your brain a, a – pa- like a path will start to unfold because your brain is a processing machine that if you say it's all about asking your brain good questions, not like, why do I fuck things up all the time? But if I, that's a good question. If I, (laughs) 
Ask me that. Why do you fuck things up all the no, time? No, no, no. Ask me about you. Oh, okay. Why do I fuck things up all the time, right? I have no fucking idea. Well, you're bro. supposed to know. Well, just, then you fuck things up just, too because you couldn't answer why I, I fuck things I up. I know why I fuck things up. Why do you fuck things up? I have two up? left hands. <laughs> we'll I can't shit and, and chew gum and, and walk and. Uh, if you can't do those things, you're going to be a bad shitstagram partner. No, no, no. Listen, I got you here, didn't I? Okay. We, we got the URL. Sort of. What, what else do you need? We got Shitstagram. What, what, what are Shitstagram we? Shitstagram.vegas.net.info.me. Vegas. Vegas. Yeah, we could do dot .net? Yeah, dot .net. Too. I think info. <laughs> that opens a that, sure opens, that opens a lot of doors. You know, kind of like those those that underwear with the buttons in the back that guys used to have. You sh- you're sure it's shitstagram.org. No, I like dot. Uh, what was it? Dot info. Dot info. Ask me about my shitstagram. Shitstagram. Do you remember the remember the remember those old underwear back in the in the, when you saw the westerns where the guys oh, yeah. had buttons and the, the flap came down. You yeah, know, that's when you're gonna go to the, the outhouse. The, the shit flap. Yeah. They couldn't even shitstagram that, those that, shits back that, then. That could be that could be our logo. You know, they didn't have the Oshkosh bagosh. If you wanted to, <laughs> if you wanted to shitstagram back in the old days, it took three hours. You had to sit there with the camera, and then you had to shit, and then get under the the, the shroud yeah. to then stand there and photograph it. But then your lighting wasn't that great because you were in an outhouse. It was it was very problematic in the way. I mean, we. Shit photographing technology, that is one area where I feel like we've excelled, that we've surpassed mm. our forefathers. Mm. Our founding fathers couldn't photograph their shits. They had to have someone come in and, and carve it into a woodcut. That was very involved. I knew I, 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 I knew it. I knew we'd get around to wood carving <laughs> so, sooner or later. I mean, when Ben Franklin wrote Poor Shitster's Almanac... <laughs> It's a much different time. It's a much different time. I have the first edition of that. <laughs> of course you do. Of course I do. That and the Reader's Digest. <laughs> the Reader's Digest and then they shit things out. Re- Reader's Digest, first edition. <laughs> <laughs> I always enjoy That's what made me Sigma come louder. <laughs> This is why you have to come on the podcast all the time, Ron. I would, I, I, I'd be happy to be a regular. I, I really, I love, you I should love rotate in. I love musing here like this with you. you, you and I think it in. could be profitable if this shitstagram.info thing. I'm yeah. telling you, the way that I think your brain works, my experiences with you, which have always been delightful. I, I believe the podcast medium is perfect for the way your brain works. Yeah, but like only once a year, maybe. Tops. You think so? Yeah, you know, because it gets, it gets, you know. What do you think about when you're sitting I'm in traffic? I'm pretty much done now. But <laughs> this is it? Oh shit, what I what what don't I think about when I'm sitting in traffic? I love I don't love sitting in traffic, but I I really really love You know why I love LA so much? Hmm. I love being in my car. Yeah. Nobody can get to me there. The phone rings, I can even answer it or not. That's right, you can turn it off. I got my playlist. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to only shit that I want to listen to. Yep. If I want to be quiet, I'll turn that off even. And, and then, but then it's I can drive and text at the same time. <laughs> no, no, Ron, that's bad. I know, but I could. You could. I, w- I wouldn't. No, of course not. I wouldn't. You wouldn't, but it's pot. But I, but I could. You could do it, but you shouldn't do it. No. What are, you, are you working on? Are you shooting anything at the moment? I am uh, at liberty right now. I'm ha- I, I just got a, a brand new series picked up on Friday. 
Uh, we shot a pilot for Amazon called Hand of God. Yep. Magnificent piece of work. It kind of addresses all of the things in society that obsess me. Power, religion, relationships, loyalties, capitalism. Um, the entitled, the entitlement of the rich, power, all these things that obsess me and that are like big themes, you know, like the kinds of themes you would have seen in Shakespeare or the Greek, the Greek theaters are all in this pilot. And I play this judge, I'm like at the fulcrum of the series, who, uh, you know, is as entitled as it gets, except when you meet me, I'm in the middle of a, a complete breakdown. I have a son on life support. I've been missing for three days. I'm found speaking tongues naked in a fountain, broad daylight. Well, what about the series? Yeah. Well, no, that was just, that was, that, that was what got me the series. <laughs> they said, hmm. Oh, this could work. Yes. Just uh, let this guy be himself. We'll just put a camera on him right around him. Anyway, it's, uh, the pilot was directed by the great Mark Forrester, who uh, just did World War Z, and he's done amazing films. He did, um, um, oh, shit, you know, Billy Bob and Halle Berry. And Monster? He did Monster's Ball. He did a, an incredible film called The Kite Runner. He did oh, yeah. um, a, a Bond movie, Quantum of Solace. Amazing filmmaker, never did TV before. I'm telling you, dude, aren't we lucky, man? We're in the golden age of television. I mean, among all the detritus that we've been trying to, to, to wallow in these last 45 <laughs> minutes, we, are, we find ourselves in the most exciting time in television in the history of the medium. I'm going to put my hand on your hand and tell you that the, the sick irony behind all of it is that it is because it is by virtue of the very machine that is disturbing to us that there is so much good television. Because there is 647 channels, it, it, it behooves people to make as wildly original programming as possible. To get, they have to do that to get people's attention because they can't just put whatever the fuck they want on and go, well, if there's three channels, people will watch it. So the very thing that has created this existential crisis is also kind of churning out some of the most original uh, voices that we've had because there's so much fight to get above all the noise. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. It, the, the, thing that, the thing that marks this as the golden age is, is the originality, is the fact that everybody is trying to outdo everybody else. Um, you know, HBO starts putting on mind-blowing programming, and then all of a sudden you got FX, and then all of a sudden you got a. AMC, and then all of a sudden now you got Netflix, and all. I mean, and then all of a sudden you got Hulu, and DirecTV is getting in the game, and you know now Amazon. So you I can mean, get a twenty thousand dollar more expensive car than your neighbor. Also, so that I can. <laughs> he not just needs us, to know that you're better than he is. That's all, all. Not all of us can, but I can. <laughs> and I'm I'm here to rub that in your fucking nose, bro. Um, but anyway, I I digress. So hand of God. So happily. So Hand of God is an amazing piece of work, uh, beautiful piece of writing, amazing cast. We have Dana Delaney playing my wife, Andre Royo, who was one of the best things in The Wire, playing my best friend, uh, Garrett Dillahunt. Oh, he's so good. Giving a performance that is like uncategorizable. He's, he's doing a, a form of acting 
with which I am unfamiliar, but it's so fucking compelling that you can't take your eyes off him. I met Dana Delaney at a party once. I think we were flirting a little bit. She's... It's 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 highly. I may, have, I may have made that up. It's highly possible. I met her, but I may have made up. She's the she's, she's 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 as alive a woman as you're going to ever find on this planet, and she is so firing on all cylinders. She's a she's a treasure to work with. Uh, who else is in this cast? I'm leaving people out. Julian Morris. Um, I'm leaving people out, and I don't want to do that. So whoever, but I'm leaving. Should out. I start throwing out names. Um... Spencer Tracy, uh, Tony Danza. Not in it. Uh, Tony's in it. Okay. (laughs) That'd be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we got Danza. Hey, hang on. Let me me text my EP. (laughs) Tony's available. Tony, you should get Danza in there, man. Come on. Uh, No, it's it's an extraordinary cast. Uh, Amazon has been pretty cool to work with, man. Very, very... uh, um, liberal in terms of giving us everything we need to make this thing really great, not intrusive at all. So love that, and um, living the dream, baby. So I'm waiting for that to go back. We did the pilot back in the spring. I'm waiting for that to go back in production, which will be in a couple of months. And I'm just right now um, on this book tour for this 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 um, memoir of mine called Easy Street. Parentheses the hard way, which um, is the book out now. It's out. It came out last week, and it's available. Here, I'm at- showing it. I'm showing it on, on to all Look. your to all your listeners. Do you see that, you guys? That's gorgeous. It's a really good picture of me, isn't it? That's a great picture. Yeah. From what I can, from what I can tell, you saw a bearskin rug, mm-hmm. and uh, all curled. You up. got it, baby. <laughs> what an imagination! What what an imagination! What do you need to tell him? What an imagination you got on you. <laughs> oh, we need to talk about Book of Life? Huh? We have, to, we have to talk about Book of Life for a second, which I'm very happy to talk about. Guillermo was on the podcast a couple, maybe like two months ago. He, and he said one of my favorite things ever. We were talking about, like, can you work on something you're not passionate about? And he was like, no, my friend, you cannot fuck without a boner. I'm <laughs> like, that is the perfect way to distill that. That's Guillermo, man. That's Guillermo, him and his boner humor. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Guillermo and his boner. That's a beautiful movie from what I can tell. I have not seen it. I'm going to see it uh, day after tomorrow. It but looks I saw, stunning. I, I saw six minutes of it at Comic-Con. And um, it's so unique looking. It's so, it's so vibrant and, and full of this beautiful energy. Like only these... these, these I mean, this this guy Jorge Gutierrez, who who conceived it, directed it, wrote it, and then got Guillermo to kind of be his wingman and produce it for him for Fox. But you know, I was I was there with Guillermo when he was twenty six, making his first film, this tiny little low budget thing called Chronos. I know Chronos. And Gutierrez is like twenty six, doing his first movie, and the similarity between these two guys. And the, the 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 huge energy that flows out of both of them, the innocence mixed with this genius, mixed with this um, amazing education. They're, they're both incredibly well read and cr- incredibly come to the party, completely armed with the greatest tool set. And and this is Jorge's first film, just like Kronos was Guillermo's first film. And I, I happen to be the common the commonality is. 
you know, I, I'm, I was there to kind of witness both coming out parties. And I'm telling you, man, um, my hunch is that Book of Life is something to take your whole family to and um, revel in because it just looks gorgeous and beautiful. And it comes from this heart of this guy that's like I've come to know over the last year. He's a pretty extraordinary dude. What is the, when does the movie open? October 17th. So basically, right now, you are conquering film, television, for lack of a better term. And literature. Literature and podcasting. And shitstagram. And shitstagram. Dot info dot Vegas. <laughs> shitstagram. We're going to make you so don't much think, money around. You don't think I'm going to forget about that. No, and then, and you know, the best part is... This could be the most profitable thing you and I ever did. That's the thing, is that the best part is the story afterwards. It's like, yeah, yeah, Ron, Perlman and Hardwick, they worked a lot in traditional, you know, they worked a lot in media, but you know where they really made their money was Shitstagram. Like, that's... We could see the future, and it was shitty. (laughs) You have to post pictures of shits. Any shits. Animal shits. Your shits, other people's shits. That's, I think that's what shits... Is it that literal? I think it has to be that literal, right? We're an R&D, baby. <laughs> it's up for grabs. Research and diarrhea? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's up for grabs. We'll get together every couple of years, and we'll, we'll, at the board, we'll have you know, a meeting with the board. I don't suppose you'd want to end the podcast by busting out a little Sinatra, would you? I wish I could. My singing days are over, my what? friend. What? I'm sad to hear that. I parked, I parked the... Um, the um, Pipes. Remember the, how the pipes, the pipes were calling? <laughs> not anymore. The pipes are not calling any longer. Oh, that's, that's too bad. Oh, Daddy. Danny boy. I'd love to see you up there in the karaoke stool singing your Sinatra songs. That's, that's very, very good uh, Polish accent. <laughs> yep. I'm from Krakow, Poland. <laughs> I sure am. That was southern Krakow, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just from the southern tip. <laughs> Just the tip. I'll only put the southern tip just, in. Just, just the southern tip in, madam. <laughs> I'll, I'll only put in the southern tip. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's, it's mixed company here. <laughs> no. Nobody's listening to this shit, right? No. This is just for us. Thank God. Yeah, we're fine. Just like the last one. Yeah, this would be the last one. Um, I just have to say cosmic blowjob hug one time because, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like Mr. Rick and... And what's her name had always had Paris. Yep. We'll always have that. We'll always have Cosmic Blowjob Hug. Wasn't yeah. that Cosmic Blowjob Hug was like the best thing you could give someone, right? Wasn't it just like a big That was I think when we were talking about what's it like to be Hellboy at Comic Con and stuff. Oh, Diego. it's a cosmic blowjob hug. And you, you, your question that was your question, that was my answer. Yes. But I'm, I'm t- to this day I think that that's gonna have to be on my on my tombstone. Well, I feel like <laughs> I don't know how accepted this is going to be, but I say, damn the torpedoes. I feel like you leading by example to start doing selfless things for people to make the world a better place, monthly cosmic blowjob hug. I feel like it has to be called that. Or we could just call it uh, uh, CBJH, just knowing that that's what it was. Like, if you do something selfless for someone, it's cosmic blowjob hug. There you go. CBJH. Hashtag it. Hashtag CBJH. I'm going to go right to the pet store and have one of those put on a, on a, a, a collar. Like Elvis? 
Yeah. <laughs> C- CBJH. Because you can give them. Yeah. Taking care of business. Cosmo blowjob hook. Um, I can't tell you how, how much I look forward to coming and chit-chatting with you, bro. I love having you on. I'm dead serious. Me too. I am too. I, I, you come back as you come back anytime you want. You can, I could be, I could be like, like your sidekick. Didn't you used to have a sidekick? Well, I had two guys that are they're, they're on the podcast sometimes, but they both are busy now with their own. Ah, uh, you've made them lives. stars in their own right. <laughs> I've made them stars. And you and can. Thanks do I get? And you can break them too. I can break them. I hope you. I hope you remind them of that when constantly. You see them. I made you what you are. Down on your knees so I may still rise above you because you're both taller than I am. <laughs> I'm only 5'10-ish. But, uh, yeah, come back. I'd lo- I would love to have you back. Or we no. could just hang out at, not on the podcast if you want to go. Nah, fuck it, something. I'll see you tomorrow. Okay, good. <laughs> Every day we'll go to the gym and hang out together and just talk. Enjoy your burrito, everyone. <laughs> the end. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Hey listeners, it's Will Arnett. Our podcast, Smartless, has crossed a milestone that seemed unfathomable when we started nearly four years ago as we've just released our 200th episode. Join us as we welcome that dynamic duo of hilarity, Steve Martin and Martin Short. You've seen them on screen together in The Three Amigos, Father of the Bride 1 and 2, and most recently, and Only Murders in the Building. Both are comedic geniuses in their own right, but together they are always electric. And this episode of Smartless is no exception. I don't know if I've laughed more in a single episode than this one. We discuss their career arcs both separately and as a comedy team, how they met, who is more difficult to work with, and what motivates them today. Is Steve a better banjo player than Marty as a singer? Find out on this bicentennial episode of Smartless. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Plus, you get to hear Sean cry. What a loser! 